everyone, and welcome to the KBB From the Top podcast. I'm Executive Editor Chelsea Butler, and today I am talking to Anna Graham of Anna Graham Interiors in Annapolis, Maryland. <laughs> Anna finds joy in creating a stress-free process for all her clients. So we're going to talk about how she does that and um, all that good stuff. So welcome, Anna, and thank you so much for joining. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to share my experiences with you. I know, this is going to be cool. So let's start out by you telling us how you decided on the need to create this kind of experience for your clients. Talk a little bit about whether it was something you did from the beginning of your career or did you come up with it a bit later on? Yeah, so my process has evolved since I first started my business in 2018, um, which every business owner probably can relate. It's really difficult to navigate and create a process that's unique to you and your business. Um, And I think along the way, you have certain clients and projects where you're like, hmm, that's really interesting. Maybe I should have like a a little line in my contract that would help in the future or things like that. Um, I would say um, from the beginning of my career, my process was probably a little bit more loose than it is currently. And I think just over time, um, you know, you kind of learn to put those things in place that help really me stay organized, which in the end keeps my clients and projects more organized. Um, So really it's been a process from the beginning, but I think just experience has helped that evolved into pretty much what it is today. Okay. And talk to me, about what it actually is today? Like how would you yeah. describe? So mm-hmm. our process, we like to call it not, like it's not a one size fits all. Everybody and their homes are different. So we like to approach our clients with kind of a customized process. So we try to, even though we have parameters around our process, they are somewhat loose so that, um, you know, if someone has some remodeling experience, we're not gonna completely like overstep them and not feel like they have a voice throughout the process. Um, And then there's some clients that have no remodeling experience or design experience and they need more handholding. So we really like to dive into learning that about them and then kind of catering our process to fitting the needs of each client individually and the project. Okay, so can you tell me an example of a project or projects where this method has been helpful? Maybe like an example of someone who didn't know anything about remodeling and, and then another who did? Sure, yeah. So, um, well, we have a project right now going on. It's a new construction project. And it actually started off, um, and this is a good example of how our process is kind of customized. So um, these clients actually have pretty extensive remodeling experience, but they're building a new house. So remodeling and building new construction are kind of two different beasts. And um, they originally thought that, you know, oh, we've remodeled so we can handle it. So they hired us originally to help pick out selections. We helped um, create the floor plan and um, it kind of ended there, but they did reach back out to us several months later and they said, you know what, we're, we're really struggling to communicate our ideas to the builder 
and realizing that we don't really know the lingo. So they have hired us on actually to just be a liaison to communicate, kind of absorbing their ideas and kind of making drawings and doing things for them in that sense. And then being able to put those into 3D views, 2D elevations with dimensions and things that they may not have like the software to, to complete. And then we're giving that to the builder. So we're kind of acting like this um, middleman, but you know, they have the ideas and they can formulate them. They just can't really see it through. Um, so they're kind of using us in that way, which is really neat. And that's, you know, something we don't do all the time, but it's really unique to them. Um, so that's a nice way of someone with experience and how they're utilizing a designer. Um, and then we've had clients who pretty much have never done projects before. And, um, you know, they get really super overwhelmed with all the options. So we like to sit them down and interview them and say, hey, do you feel comfortable enough to basically have us pick everything and just show you like, here's look one, here's look two, and then you get to just pick, or you can have us select like all the hard finishes and then um, come with us shopping. If you want to come you know, to the tile store, be part of some of the aspects of the selection process that might excite them. Um, and we have people, most people just say, no, I don't really want <laughs> to have any part of the process, just show me like two complete looks and we'll start from there. And I think that's kind of the sweet spot. Um, and we always say, you know, be brutally honest. And we, if you hate it, we want to hear it because it, you know, truly leads us to finding the best selection for you. And we never want our clients to settle for something they're not completely in love with. So liking it is just no option. <laughs> All right. Can you share an example of a project where your focus on quality control contributed to a specific experience? Yeah. So um, I think just working with clients, we right now we've previously worked with a client um, who's referred us to another client we're currently working with. And we were referred strictly based off of um, you know, the previous client that we worked with trusts us and knew that their friends were going through a process with a builder where they needed a voice of someone they could trust and knew that they would be honest with them th throughout the process. So um, right now we're working on a project and we've been hired pretty much to just um, double check like all the selections along the way. And if there are problems along the project, you know, they're trying to bounce those ideas off of us and use really our resources as a sounding board to make sure they're making the right decisions throughout the process. Um, and just kind of being able to just have someone that's not really with too much skin in the game, like they're building a new construction so that that, you know, they've hired us as a third party to kind of come in and say, hey, like, is this, you know, they're telling us we can't do this. Is that actually true? You know, is there another way around this? And that's where we can voice and say, and honestly, it's a benefit to the builder too, because a lot of times we can say, you know, they're right. You know, that's going to be really difficult at this point to do. It would cost you extra to change that. And sometimes we can say, 
no, you know, that's just being lazy and, you know, we can find another way to do that and we'll go ahead and talk to talk to the builder for you and, and handle it. So it can kind of go both ways. We try to stay at neutral in the sweet spot where we're friends with everybody on the project, the client and the builder. So we're really like the middleman between everything. And that's where we like to stay. So how does it work when you do like, I would be so uncomfortable if I was the client knowing that the builder knows that they've gone back to ask you your yeah. opinion and then coming back and sort of like fighting for them. How does that right. work? Um, you know, it can be a challenge. I would say, and it's funny because I've had clients ask me before, like, are you a licensed therapist? <laughs> because sometimes you are in those really tough situations where um, you are the mediator between two parties. And I definitely try, even though the client is hiring me, um, it is a benefit to them that the builder does want to work with me. Um, so I try to appease give, giving each party some kind of win out of the situation. And I think that's always the best way to move forward is when somebody, when each party gets a little piece of the pie and then, um, you know, everyone can move forward happy and maybe there's some compromise on both ends of it, but, um, it's definitely challenging, but we're very used to it. <laughs> so I think we've, um, you know, we've got some good mediation skills, but, you know, for the most part, I would say builders, contractors, you know, they're in this because they want the clients to be happy too. And I think, you know, at the end of the day, that's the goal. And that's what I remind them of. And, you know, I'm like, let's just get through this. That makes sense. Yeah, that's great. So how do you determine the needs of each client so you can cater, you know, your, the experience for them, like to, to fit their different, different levels of care? Yeah. So we always start each client with a consultation. Um, so we schedule that and we always like it to be in their home. So um, if it's a remodeling project, you know, they're already in the house, which is great. And we can kind of see um, the space they're living in now. And we do a really deep dive into like all the specifics of the space that they don't like. And I always ask them to show me two or three images of spaces that, you know, are maybe inspiration pictures or there may be like one aspect of it that they really like. Um and then I ask the husband or wife or the partners to basically explain to us, like, what are the aspects of these pictures that you really like? Because most of the time, couples aren't on the same page with their style. So we kind of have to, you know, investigate really, like, what is this middle ground style that we've got to, you know, run with after this meeting? So we, you know, do a lot of interviewing um, and we go really deep with it. You know, we talk about, you know, how many nights a week do you cook in this kitchen? And, you know, do you have an electric toothbrush? Do you have a manual toothbrush? And we go into so many details so we can, you know, know how to design the space, um, whether it's like a bathroom or a kitchen. Um, and, you know, that really helps us cater our process and selection process to make sure that it's not only pretty, but super functional for their needs. Um, and in that interviewing process, we really gauge our scope of work for, for the project. So if they're, they have a pretty clear idea of what they're looking for, if we're not moving a lot of walls for the space, 
um, I can walk away kind of with an idea of how much time it's going to take for the project. Um, but if it's, you know, they're on separate pages, the husband and wife don't agree about anything. Um, they've shared with me that they are, you know, not a good decision maker and change their mind all the time. You know, we kind of ask them point blank, you know, are you the kind of person who agonizes over decisions? Like once you make one, do you typically stick to it or do you maybe change your mind in several weeks? <clears throat> Taking all of that into account um, helps us gauge the amount of time that we have to basically a lot to the project. And we do that because our projects are based on an hourly estimation. Um, and that's another way that we kind of approach projects where we try to create a little less stress on the clients because when they hear I'm gonna be charged hourly, that can be sometimes scary, especially for people who have never worked with a designer before. They don't know what that looks like as far as um, an investment or budget for their project. And I think a lot of times people don't even call designers because they're afraid of how much it's going to cost. Um, so to kind of ease that, we, in our contracts, estimate the number of hours based on the scope of work. And they and we allow our clients to edit that. So if there's portions of our contract, I mean, we list our scope of work extremely detailed. So, you know, if we're picking out a faucet, we say selecting two faucets with finish. And if they want to delete, you know, half the items and select them themselves, then they can do that in order to work with us on maybe some things that they're less comfortable selecting. And they'll, they can see how that affects our, our hourly estimation and maybe fit within their budget a little bit more. So when you say you provide the estimate to them, does it end up being kind of fluid in terms, I mean, I would say like, have you ever been just really off on your estimate? I'm trying to determine like what would happen if at the end of it, yeah. there were an additional, you know, 15 hours or something yeah. like that. Yeah. I think, um, you know, a lot of times our clients increase their scope of work along the way. And, you know, I'm pretty loose with that. You know, if, if, something changes and they're like, oh, we wanted to change the, if we're remodeling the kitchen, they want to change the light in the stairwell, something like that. I'm not going to like an amend a contract for. So there may be things along the way that get added. Um, and we'll just build like, we just build those in. Um, but you know, we do have some clients that are anomalies and, you know, we think they're very decisive from the beginning and, you know, they've decided at three, I'm going to change everything. <laughs> everything, you know, it happens. And I, you know, for the most part, those people have realized that, you know, they've kind of been given a complete look and they changed their minds and they, they know the time required with that. And I let them know where we're at at that point. And I think just over communicating all of those pieces helps it not seem like they're blindsided by the end. Um, you know, so that's what I would do in that case is somebody was really close if we estimated 30 hours and they've already used 20 and then they decided they wanted to scratch everything and start over, you know, I'd say, well, just to let you know, we're at, you know, 20 hours already and we've got 10 left and this process may take us another 15, you know, and at that point there's, they can say, 
nope, not a problem. I'm comfortable with that. Or, you know, we can talk, you know, through that together and kind of come up with a game plan there. So how are you able to maintain such an open line of communication with your clients during the project? I, not everyone's going to like this, but I do a lot of texting. Um, and, you know, it's good and bad. What I do like about it is, um, you know, I can get answers quickly. And a lot of times I'm communicating with the client and the contractor. And, you know, I've found like group texts have been really helpful too. Um, Cause sometimes, you know, the contractors, it's easier they're on the job site already to get a text than to check like an email. Um, we do a little bit of both and on larger projects, I've actually created um, kind of my own custom like communication sheet. So in like Google Sheets, I can basically create, um, you know, basically different cells and tables that have like um, comments. Have you seen this comment? What date did you see the comment? So that on larger projects between the clients the contractor and me, if there's a million questions coming up throughout the whole process, the phone and the email isn't getting blown up all day long. Um, you know, the details can kind of be tracked almost in like an Excel sheet. Um, and then we don't lose that communication and it always stays there, but we can kind of hide things when they're completed, but always reference back to it when we need to. Um, so I would say, you know, texting, email, and then if we have a larger scale project, we'll kind of create a customized communication style um, in Google Sheets, which is super helpful. And then it has notifications that will, you know, send an email if someone's edited or added to it, which is really nice. So even through all your years of, you know, trying to hone this process and create these, you know, stress-free experiences, do you still have the occasional client who's just can't really be helped? Like they just Yeah, I mean there's there's always um, you know, anxiety is real and and I can't, you know, no process can really solve that for anybody. But you know, I I really try to get to know my clients on a personal level. And, you know, if they do share with me how you know, anxiety ridden this process is. And, you know, these are big decisions that for a lot of people, they've saved up for quite a while to do it. So even just having that in their mind, even though they love the selections and they love everything, sometimes people can just, you know, overanalyze every aspect of the project and think about, oh, this could go wrong, that could go wrong. Um, and I'm here for them. You know, I'm, I'm every time they feel stressed, just give me a call. We'll talk it through. I'll be your sounding board. And, you know, I can share, I've done this for years. You know, you're not the first person to be stressed about this. Um, and I think that, you know, if we have to do that conversation 10 times, I'm totally fine with it. <laughs> it happens, you know, and I try to be super understanding of where they're at emotionally with that. And I think, you know, just feeling like somebody cares about them definitely helps throughout the process. I need you to be like the flight attendant on every flight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my husband doesn't like flying either, so mm -hmm. I, I do the pep talk for him. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> I've gotten a little bit better about it. I, I When I was a child, I don't think I was afraid at all. But as you get older and you do get a little more anxiety-ridden, 
Mm-hmm. It, it happens. I mean, I think everybody has it to some degree and it's just depends on the topic or the aspect in their life. But, you know, I do find, you know, these, these typically remodeling, they're bigger projects and your, your kind of routine and your house gets disrupted, you know, so it's, it's normal to get stressed about that. I think it's just, we always think about how can we try to make that process a little bit more comfortable for them. Yeah, I think that's amazing because I've, I've spoken to many designers over the years and don't always hear it this way, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just like to view my clients like I want to be their friend. I don't want to run it. You know, this is where I live. I grew up here and I don't you know, want to run into them in the grocery store and feel like I need to duck and hide in another aisle. You know, I want to be able to go up to them and say, hey, how, how's it going? And, um, you know, so I, I kind of approach everybody like that and I'm genuine in my care for them. So, and I think they can see that. And I think that brings a level of comfort to the project. All right. So just to, to end on a good note, if you had to give one piece of advice to others to implement in their efforts to crafting this experience for their clients, what would that be? Yeah, I, I think, and this is something I've learned over the years, but it's to over-communicate even through the issues. I think a lot of times... Um, designers and builders, there's a lot of things uh, out of our control. And I think we've learned that a lot through the pandemic. You know, everything can change in an instant. And I think just being a little bit more transparent with the clients, Mm -hmm. because I think people are a little more um, forgiving and caring than I think sometimes we think they are. So, you know, if there's a major problem, we may agonize it over it for two days before we even tell the client about it. Um, I do think it's important to, you know, always try to find a solution before you present the problem. But I think if you can kind of set the expectation right when you meet them to say, hey, you know, we can pick everything out, everything can be perfect, but you know what? Things are sometimes out of our control. This tile might get discontinued, but we'll find something. And sometimes even the second option is way better than the first. And I've had that happen, you know, a couple of times too. So if you kind of prep your clients and over communicate throughout the process, set expectations, I think, you know, it's a win-win for everybody in the process. All right. Great. Well, Anna, so thank you so much for taking the time to go over all this important stuff. It's it's definitely refreshing to hear how much you care about your clients. So I can't wait for our, our listeners to provide some great feedback to us. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for having me. Be sure to subscribe to KBB's YouTube channel and click the like button on our videos. You can also subscribe to KBB's From the Tap podcast on such apps as Apple, Spotify, Pandora, and Google Podcasts, and please feel free to leave a review.